0: stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Welcome to another episode of the Writer Unleashed podcast. Now at the time of this recording, I'm recovering from a very bad case of COVID. So I went through some of my past episodes. I pulled out some of the big ideas from each and I put them all together. So today I'm giving a mashup or a remix of six episodes covering structure and plot and character development, backstory and show don't tell. I'll link to the full episodes in my show notes so that if you want to go back to hear any of these in full, you'll have easy access. So here we go. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, We'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. So how do you get into the action of the story sooner? Where do you start? Well, you've probably heard of starting in the middle of things in medius res or where things are already off balance. But here's a simple technique I learned from Doug Glover that can help you launch readers into the story instantly. It's called a butt construction. A butt construction is any use of the word but or a synonym in a sentence or paragraph that sets up a contrast, surprise, paradox, or comparison. It gives a clash of ideas, and this creates tension and surprise for the reader. So it creates conflict and energy at the sentence level. You never want your reader to think, well, I saw that coming. You want to surprise them. You want to give them something unexpected. The idea is to take any simple declarative sentence and add a but to it. Here are some examples. This is from Doug Glover. I thought my wife had left me, but she is back. What she has been doing the past two years, I have no idea. So, Here he's simultaneously balancing contrasting ideas in the time it takes to finish the sentence. So he's opening a story loop here. We want to know why she left, where she went, why she's back, and what she's been up to for the past two years. We also want to know, well, what's going to happen with this marriage? Here's another one by Amy Hempel. The first three days are the worst, they say, but it's been two weeks, and I'm still waiting for those first three days to be over. So here we're wondering, okay, what's going on here? Is she overcoming some addiction? Maybe it's cigarettes or alcohol. What is it? And what's been happening in these two weeks? You can also use an implied but. Here's an example from Doug Glover. I'm in bed with a woman who looks like a movie star and I have lost my memory. Okay, so open story loops here. How did he meet the woman? What happened before he lost his memory? How did he lose his memory? What's going on here? So we have a lot of questions already forming in our head and these are the open story loops. Here's another one by Amy Hempel. A blind date is coming to pick me up and unless my hair grows an inch by seven o'clock, I am not going to answer the door. Okay, so we have all that surprise here. So we know her hair is not going to grow an inch by seven o'clock. So we're wondering, well, you know, is she going to answer the door? What's going to happen? So the ands in each of these are tacit buts. But constructions inject conflict, plot, and energy into your sentences by using a simple grammatical device, the word but or an implied but. So adding the word but opens up this blank space into which you are able to imagine new and surprising words. Now, this is also a great way to create a story idea. Just take any declarative sentence, add a but to it, and take it from there. Contrary to what many aspiring writers believe, a story is not about what happens. Many writers conflate story with plot, but they're not synonymous. They're two separate things. Plot is what happens. It's the external events. So what is story? At its most basic, A story is someone who has a goal and has trouble getting it. For example, Anna Karenina wants to be with Vronsky, but her husband doesn't want to give her a divorce. Humbert wants Lolita, but she doesn't want him. The trouble your protagonist encounters instigates this person to change. So the story is not about what happens, it's about the transformation your protagonist goes through as he or she navigates the plot, as he or she pursues the goal and encounters obstacles. So plot is the external events that test your character's mettle and present increasingly difficult challenges on your protagonist's journey to get what he or she wants. Now, you should put your character into trouble. He or she should encounter obstacles and problems, but it's only dramatic if the problems are intimately connected to your protagonist's desire and if it's forcing him or her to confront limitations. Often, the reason stories lack drama despite obstacles thrown in the protagonist's path is this reliance on common structures like the hero's journey or save the cat and other structures. So these structures perpetuate this idea that you should have external events in place before you sit down to write. So they have you hitting certain story beats all before you know who it is you're writing about, before you know what the character wants, why they want it, and what internal obstacles are impeding them from getting it. And the thing with these structures that nobody tells you is that they're derived from stories that have already been written. So they're a way of decoding these stories, but that's not the process of how these stories were written. Now, no reader ever thinks, wow, that was a great second act, or that was a great night of the soul story beat. So when you rely on common structures as a prerequisite, this requirement, you're more likely to create these surface level problems and a generic, predictable reaction from your protagonist. Remember, we want to give readers something new, something that they don't already know or expect. So rather than focus on the external problems, focus on your protagonist. Remember, it's not enough for a character to do something in response. We want to understand why. We want to understand what's motivating your protagonist internally as they move through your plot. We don't want to just know how this person solves the external problem. We want to know how he or she solves the internal problems that the external problems expose. Otherwise, it only affects your protagonist on this surface level, and readers don't care a flip about that. They're far more interested in how obstacles affect your protagonist internally. Remember, your protagonist comes into the story with a history. Your protagonist arrives with this longstanding issue or fear or limiting belief that they're now forced to reckon with, that they're now forced to confront and resolve. And the inciting incident or significant situation that happens at the beginning of your story forces your protagonist to stare that issue down and overcome it over the course of the story. So every event in your story should be relevant to your protagonist's desires, needs, and fears. Show us the event unfolding in real time. So telling is when you give us Conclusions to something we haven't seen played out. So we have no context for it. For example, if you tell us Frank and April had a fight, but you don't show the fight in real time, the reader is denied the thrill of anticipating what might happen next moment by moment. And the fight between Frank and April will have no meaning. To the reader, they won't know why Frank and April are fighting in the first place. It could also help to show what led up to the fight so that it doesn't come out of left field. Even a flashback, even something that happened in your character's past, is unfolding in the present for the reader. Now, there are two reasons you want to show us the event as it's happening. Number one, It will help us anticipate what might happen next. And number two, it will often explain why the event happened, why the fight happened, why the character feels a certain way. So we don't want to know just the what. We want to know the why. The reader is always looking for meaning. That's what keeps the reader hooked into your story, page by page. So if you tell us Frank is worried about meeting his wife backstage after she bombs at her amateur performance in a play, that's a foregone conclusion. It deflates all the tension. Just bring us backstage. Let the tensions escalate. Let the scene unfold for us in real time. If you show us the event unfolding in real time, the reader gets two boons. They get to anticipate all that might happen, and they'll understand why it's happening. Now, if I had to pick one thing you should have dialed in before you start building your plot, it's your protagonist's desire. All stories are driven by desire, so you'll want to dial this in, because the implicit question urging the reader through your story is, will he get what he wants or not? Will Frank and April move to Paris? Will Anna Karenina get to be with Bronski? Will Anthony Bridgerton marry Kate Sharma, the woman he loves, or... Will he be doomed to a dutiful but loveless marriage to Kate's younger sister, Edwina? Now, it's not enough to know what your protagonist wants or who your protagonist wants. You need to know why. You need to know your protagonist better than he knows himself. So what's the unconscious need? We never just want the thing or the person. There's some unconscious need we believe deep down that that concrete thing will satisfy. Because without the why, your protagonist isn't motivated from scene to scene as he navigates the plot. And there's no connection between the external events and your protagonist's internal dilemma. So you need to know your protagonist more than he knows himself. So what does she want? Why does she want it? What fears, misconceptions, faulty beliefs, or fatal flaws are keeping her from getting it? Your character's desire is important because it leads to the evolving story question. Will the protagonist get what he wants and how will he change The process. A big part of the writing process is understanding who our characters are and how they got to where they are in the story's present. Where your character is in the story's present is the result of decisions, influences, and events that happened in their past. So this is the right instinct. In fact, you should be exploring your story's backstory throughout the entire writing process. You just need to get clear on two things. What backstory you need in order to write the story, and what backstory the reader needs to know. So every novel or short story focuses on one specific story, the forward-moving action. Let's call this the front story. This is the story you want to tell. The backstory deepens and expands your character, and it's often what makes a character multidimensional and believable. The backstory gives two types of information. One is past events that are crucial for you and your reader to understand the story's present. And the other is what you need to know as the author, what you need to create your character. Now, this doesn't all have to be on the page, and we'll get to that, so stay with me. But backstory is not static. It's not something you have to do first and then forget about. It's something that you can and should be discovering as you write and revise your story the thing you want to avoid is imposing facts and insignificant history on your character that the reader doesn't need to know about or isn't even interested in. So number one, discover the backstory while you're writing. Move back and forth between the The present and the past between front story and backstory. Let it evolve. Allow your backstory to adapt to the story you're telling. So let's talk about what backstory you need to know as the author. So as you're exploring backstory, as you're putting your characters into certain situations and seeing how they react, keep Asking questions. Why are they reacting this way? What happened in their past that caused them to do this? What happened in their past that caused them to feel this way? Use the actor's technique. Now, actors come into every scene knowing their character's backstory, but it's infused into the present scene, it bears pressure on the story. And actors bring that backstory into each and every scene. It's felt rather than told. It's intuited by the audience. It's not spoon-fed. So what you need to know about your characters, the essential thing you need to know, is what actors need to know to play their scenes. Now, you may know the psychology behind your character's motivations and their actions and their behaviors, but you don't have to share that with your reader. So I'm thinking of Dog Day Afternoon. This is a brilliant movie from the 70s. So we meet Sonny, played by Al Pacino, when he's robbing a bank with a group of his friends, and it's clear he's never done this before, and it's already off to a rocky start. He's nervous, he's sweating, he's fumbling. One member of his crew can't go through, through with it at the last minute and has to be let out. And there's a lot of false starts. So already we're wondering, why is this guy robbing a bank? He's clearly not a seasoned criminal. Then about an hour into the film, we meet his lover, Leon. Now, Leon is a trans woman living as a man who can't afford sex reassignment surgery. We also learn that Sonny's married to a woman, so we learn why he's robbing the bank to finance his lover's sex change operation. Now, if we didn't have that key information, he would just be another first-time bank robber. So what? But we understand what he's motivated by. But the thing to note here is that Al Pacino brings his character's backstory to every scene right from the start. We don't get the history of how he and Leon met or any backstory about his relationship with his wife. We don't get backstory about Sonny's childhood, or when he discovered he was gay, we only get what's relevant to the front story, the bank robbery. Now, you can bet that Al Pacino knew his character's backstory inside and out. He likely knew all about. His childhood and what life was like with his wife when he first discovered he was gay, how he met Leon, their first date, and everything in between. And all of that is imbued in his performance. So actors rely on sense memories. It's not important what happened. What's important for you to know is what your character felt about what happened. Now, the famous acting teacher Stanislavski used to tell actors to create a biography for their characters. And this is something writers are often encouraged to do. And it, it can be useful. Now, these are details like age, gender, occupation, family life, political alliance, education, height, moral beliefs, temperament, things like that. Now, that may all be useful to you as the writer, but it doesn't all have to be on the page. What's most important for you to know is what's happening underneath all of that. What's happening underneath the language. Why does Sonny want what he wants? What is he afraid will happen if he doesn't get what he wants? What's the worst thing that ever happened to him? What's the most humiliating thing? You want to get underneath the surface details of your character. You want to know what's driving them in the present. And this can all be imbued in the story. It's underneath the language. You don't have to spell it out for the reader. Now, often we talk about making characters sympathetic or vulnerable, But vulnerability is not bearing all your emotions. It's not oversharing. It's just being truthful. So I've never auditioned to be on a band on a TV show. I've never auditioned for anything. But I understand his reined-in hope that he'd get the gig, and his disappointment in ultimately not being chosen, and all of this is kind of mixed with the sense of accomplishment that he even made it that far. So. I couldn't relate to his specific situation, but I did understand how he felt. So regardless of what your character's surface problems are, we can always relate to his or her story problems. So don't focus on making a character likable, focus on helping us understand their human dilemma. We care for flawed, complex human beings. And that starts with you. Empathy is feeling with a character. It's different from sympathy, which is feeling for a character. One way to help us care is to find the part of the character that is you. You want to find part of the character that you can identify with. And if you can find that part of the character that you identify with, we'll care. Because ultimately, the only way to reach our emotions is to use yours. So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.